Broadcasting from Orchard Park, New York, it's the Midnight Freight Broker Podcast. That's right, Orchard Park, New York, where apparently there's a freeze warning going into effect overnight this Friday, May 8th, and there's a potential of snow in May in the Northeast. That's right. So coming at you from Orchard Park, New York, it's the Midnight Freight Broker Podcast. Whether it's breaking news, tips to increase your business, or just some good old sports talk, this podcast is all about having a conversation about the world of freight. I am your host, Nate Cross. Let's talk freight. All right, Midnight Freight Broker Nation, this is episode 35. Episode 35. So if you are a first-time listener... Make sure to click that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, and that'll make sure you get the latest content as soon as I drop it each and every Friday at midnight with a couple adjustments in there based on what's happening in the world. Make sure to leave a review as well. Hop in there, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, you name it, wherever you listen to great podcasts, make sure to leave that review. All right, five stars is what I'm always looking for, but if you can get the sixth one in there, have at it. Or if you think I'm just terrible... Go ahead and be honest and leave a, uh, a lesser review. Make sure to share me with all of your friends and colleagues in the industry, whether you're a first-time listener that just wants to learn a little bit more about the industry, or if you have a seasoned freight broker friend or colleague, share with them. Love to get some feedback and see what you guys want to hear on future episodes. So I'm going to start off this episode with a quote, and I'm going to hit on that quote and give my feedback to it at the tail end of the episode. So... The quote is, quote, I'm with truckers all the way. Thanks for meeting at the White House with my representatives from the administration. It is all going to work out well. Donald J. Trump. So we're going to get to that tweet that he put out earlier this week at the end of the episode in the Q&A and what's trending section. But first, I've got an article from Overdrive titled Carriers Right to Review What the Shipper Paid for a Brokered Load. And then I'm going to get into my topic on how to use Google Alerts to help boost your business and generate leads. So the article, like I said, from Overdrive titled, A Carrier's Right to Review What the Shipper Paid the Broker. This is a pretty good read. It was actually released on May 1st. Uh, I just came across it uh, later this week, and it's pretty interesting. So what it does is it was written by Todd Dills, and Todd talks about an actual regulation, uh, a federal regulation. It is uh, let's see, 49 Code of Federal Regulations, Part 371.3. And it's got a bunch of sub-items and provisions in there. So basically, let me read you off the regulation, and then I want to get into the content of the article and my feedback and my take on it. It's actually pretty good, all right, because there's a lot of folks that have been complaining about broker rates lately and, and truckers getting screwed on low rates and whatnot. So here's what the regulation actually says, and this is specific to transportation brokers, so freight brokers, okay? So it says that A, a broker shall keep a record of each transaction. For the purpose of this section, brokers may keep master lists of consigners and the address and registration number of the carrier rather than repeating this information for each transaction. The record shall show, one, name and address of the consignor. Two, name, address, and registration number of the originating motor carrier. Three, bill lading or freight bill number. Four, amount of compensation received by the broker for the brokerage service performed and the name of the payer. Five, a description of any non-brokerage service performed in connection with each shipment or activity. The amount of compensation received for the service and the name of the payer. And six, the amount of any freight charges collected by the broker and the date 
of payment to the carrier. That's part A. Now, B says broker shall keep the records required by this section for a period of three years. And then C finally says each party to a broker transaction has the right to review the record of the transaction required to be kept by these rules. So kind of a mouthful. It's a lot in there. But it's interesting because I think the interesting part in here is, is the fact that as a carrier, you actually have the right to request that information and technically, um, you, you're supposed to be able to get it. So does that actually happen? Realistically, no, it doesn't, okay? Uh, now, let me get into some of the content that Todd wrote here in the article, all right? He, he's talking about he did write a post uh, about a year and a half ago that hit on this, and now he wanted to revisit it given the current times. All right, so one of the things he points out, and I brought this up on last week's episode, is broker margins. So he did pull it from TIA, according to their research, they found the average broker margin is around 16%, okay? There's going to be some that are higher and some that are lower. It all depends on the overall amount of money that's in that load, how urgent is it, what kind of equipment is it, capacity. There's a lot of variables that go into that, but that 16% is a pretty good starting point and a fairly accurate representation of the industry. I think I've, I've historically said 15 to 20 tends to be average. Now, he also goes on to say, that if you're not passing on cheap rates to your customers and keeping your margins close to 20%, you won't be a freight broker long. All right, very good point. And there's another stat here that says, the rule of thumb is that only around one in 20 people who enter trucking as a broker last more than six months or so. Quote, if you don't have integrity as a freight broker, you'll be banished to the bottom 95% almost immediately and you'll live the same miserable lives that they're living. Uh, And that's the end of his quote. So, the integrity is a big thing. I know we've said in the past, you got to have two things to be a good broker. That's your cell phone and your integrity. If you lose either one, you're, you're out of luck. You're out of business. Okay. So that integrity is huge. You're going to drop to that bottom 95%. So interesting that he does say that with those, with such a large amount of brokers that are new or going to fail, there's going to be a lot of garbage in there. So he says, there will always be unscrupulous actors in any industry taking advantage of an emergency or crisis. Carriers, however, have a choice in which brokers they work with. So whether it's a new employee or a a newly registered brokerage with the FMCSA or someone that just became an agent, whatever the case might be, you're going to have a lot of these folks that get into brokerage that don't succeed. And they're going to give a bad name to all the rest of the good folks that are out there. And I think that's really the the big takeaway in this section of his article. And there's a link in the show notes as well. You could definitely check that out. Uh, But he goes on to say, uh, I'll quote it again. Brokers know that we will take a load to keep them from sitting. This is from actually, this is quoted from a carrier. Brokers know that we will take a load to keep from sitting. I'm one of the few guys who will actually get out and talk to the shippers. We know the shippers are paying $3,000 for a load of tomatoes, for instance, and the broker comes to us and says, man, all I've got in this is $1,900. Ask for one rate sheet or transparency, and you'll know what they'll tell you. Have a good day, sir. (laughs) That's the quote. It's, It's pretty funny. So what he's hitting on is that's a quote from a carrier that Todd referenced in this article, he says that even though we have this regulation there that does in fact allow brokers and carriers the ability to see the rates that, or I guess for carriers to be able to see the rate that a broker has in it from the shipper, but if a carrier is to go and ask a broker, hey, let me see your documentation on what the shipper's paying, they're just, no, they're gonna, like, like you said, have a good day, sir. Move, move on to the next one. Um, I think there's a, I get it. 
regulation. I, I don't know why specifically that was written. I think anytime that there's a regulation written, it's written because of a certain situation that might have happened. And further, I think that whenever there's a federal regulation put in place, it limits the ability for free market in this kind of situation. So I don't personally think that that you should be able to see all that stuff that kind of takes away from free market and capitalism and and you know the the good levels of business that a broker can get. Same thing goes with a carrier, right? Let's say you're a carrier and you you know you're drivers like, well, I want to see, you know, I want to see the books and I want to know how much we're getting paid from all these shippers or these brokers, because I think I should be getting paid more. Uh, they're probably going to laugh at you. You know, if they're, if they're a public business, sure, you can always go check out all of their financials whenever they release them. But a private company doesn't have to open their books. They're not going to do that. Um, the same thing would go if a company were to sell, right? Are the employees entitled to know how much the company was sold for? If it was a, a private transaction to a private buyer or group of buyers, Absolutely not. That's not going to be disclosed information. So I don't necessarily agree with it, but he does make a good point. There is a requirement in there for all that stuff to be recorded and carriers have the right to request it. So, but are they going to get it? Realistically, no. But interesting takeaway. So um, I think the big takeaway on this article, besides having that knowledge, is think about that. If you're a carrier and also if you're a broker, think about the fact that there's a 95% failure rate within six months on new brokers. That's pretty sad, okay? I, I didn't know it was that high. I think I've actually said about one or two in, in 20 in the past when it came to the W-2 model. But overall, I never really thought about it like that. I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of folks who have started up their own brokerage and got their own authority and bond and everything. And they realize that they can't really hack it on their own. There's just too much that goes into it. And then they just they fail or they they close out or they want to become an agent or become an employee of somebody instead. Um but one out of 20 overall across the industry, that's that's kind of, that's eye-opening for me. So interesting takeaway. Keep that in mind when you're talking to somebody. And I did like the last quote that he said there that says, carriers have the ability to choose which brokers that they want to work with. Think about that. I've said it before. If a load doesn't work for you, or in that case, take a step back and a further view at it. If a brokerage doesn't work with your business, or you don't like working with them for whatever reason, don't work with them. You have the ability to work with whatever broker or shipper directly that you want to. And that may be a good reason or a good time for certain shipper, or I'm sorry, certain carriers to start soliciting customers directly themselves. Obviously, there's a lot more that goes into that and a lot of time and, and follow up and stuff like that, but it's something to really consider. And that's going to bring me to the next portion of today's episode, which is going to be on Google Alerts. So maybe you're that carrier that wants to start soliciting customers yourself. Maybe you're a brand new broker or maybe you're a seasoned broker and you just want to find a new tool to help you with growing your business. Okay. Google alerts is going to be a great way to do this. You can do a lot of stuff passively. You can get pretty active and specific with it as well. There's a lot of different ways to customize this tool. So let's go through an overview on what it is and how to use it. And then I'm going to go through seven specific ways that you can use the Google Alerts to help grow or better your business, okay? So Google Alerts, the website is google.com forward slash alerts, and I'll put a link in the show notes for it. Basically, you're going to want to have your email account logged in and set up because what it's going to do is you're going to set up these alerts and it'll email you based on whatever frequency you want to whatever email address you're using. So uh, I'll give you an example of what I do on a daily basis, and then we're going to go into some specific examples of what you could do for prospecting shippers. So overall, in the 3PL world, I like to be knowledgeable on 
just about anything related to freight brokerage. So one of the alerts that I have, and again, it's google.com forward slash alerts. Once you're logged in, you can just go to the search bar up top and it says create an alert about, and you just type in a phrase. Okay. So I, for example, I have one that's just the phrase freight broker. All right. So once you type it in, it'll ask you create alert or show options. Okay. If you click on show options, it'll let you let you pick how often do you want to be alerted about whatever topic or keywords you put in there. You can do once a day as it happens, once a week. Um, the sources, you could pick an automatic, so it's going to kind of find the best related sources, or it could be news, blogs, web, video, books, finance, something like that. Um, language, you want to make sure if it's English, pick English. The region, you could have it be specific to your country or a region or the entire world. It's up to you. And then you could choose how many. You can say, I want all the results that match that or just the best ones. And then it'll say, where do you want it to be, to be delivered to? You'll have your email address in there. And then you click on the create alert. And it's really that simple to get it set up. Okay. So now some recommendations. Okay. How to set them up. I went over that. How often? I like to do a daily thing. Now, maybe based on how many alerts you have or what they're specific to, you might want to change that. Okay. So one of the things I'm going to talk about um, later on one of the seven is going to be dealing with your competition. So maybe you want to have some alerts set on your competition, but maybe just limit it to once a week. You don't want to be flooded every single morning with, you know, alerts and emails with all these news articles from, um, you know, something about your competition when there's probably not a whole lot being written on them every single day. So maybe just do that once a week. Okay. Or as it happens, if you think maybe it's every couple of weeks, it'll just send you an email as soon as there's a new alert that comes out. Okay. Um, how specific do you want to get? Well, you can get very, very specific. Okay. You can do things such as, you know, using quotations to make sure that it's, it's grabbing the entire, uh, phrase that you've got in there. So like, for example, freight broker, I don't have it in quotes. So it'll send stuff that has the word freight and the word broker, even if they're not used together as freight broker. Okay. So it could be something like a deal was brokered in yada, yada, dealing with freight something. I don't know. Right. But it doesn't have to be the actual phrase. Now, if you put the phrase in quotation, so like open quote, freight broker, close quote, it's going to only give you results or news or whatever it's going to send you that has the exact phrase freight broker. You can also use asterisks in a pretty cool way as well. So if you if you want to cast a much bigger net when you're fishing for leads, you can do a basic word like a who, what, where, when, why, or like a how much or how or something like that. And then you could put an asterisk after it. And then maybe you want to put in the type of business that you're going to be uh, looking for leads from. So let's say you're looking at produce, right? You could do who asterisk produce, and it could be, you know, who grows produce, who ships produce, who deals produce, you know, you name it, right? That asterisk is going to then fill in a, what they call a wildcard operator word. All right. So you could do, you know, what asterisk produce, and it would be maybe um, what states, ship produce, something like that, or where, you know, these are really cool ways to do it. So check out another link in the show notes. I, I've got a, an article that actually shows specific examples on how to use that wildcard operative asterisk. So anyway, that's how to use and set up Google alerts. One of the things I want to remind you on though, is that you're going to get an email for each alert that you have set up. So if you have daily alerts coming for five different searches, you're going to get hit with an email every morning, five different 
emails from Google Alerts on this stuff. So if you if your inbox gets kind of wild or kind of crazy and flooded with stuff, you might want to set up a rule in your Outlook or your email server where when an email comes from Google Alerts, it'll get filed into a certain folder that you can then get to later at night. That way it's not clogging up your inbox or anything like that. It just helps you stay organized and as you have time when you're free in your day, if you want to go and check those out, maybe you're doing your prospecting or whatever, it's a great way to do that. All right, let's get into the seven ways to use Google Alerts to help grow your brokerage business. So number one, obviously, is going to be lead generation. All right, so if you're looking for produce customers or lumber or building materials or you name it, right, if you've got a specific niche, great way to generate these leads is to stay in tune with the news and any kind of articles that might come out related to that industry, right? It could be a new company pops up or there's a change in a company, a buyout in a company, uh, troubles with a company, you name it, okay? Great way to do that. So that's lead generation. That's fairly obvious. I would just keep it fairly simple. You know, use that alert to, to capture the keywords of the industry that you're looking at. Maybe toss shipping in there or freight or transportation. And you, can, you don't have to put them in quotes. That way it's going to be able to pull anything that's related to those words, even if they're not used consecutively. So lead generation obviously is going to be huge on this. All right. The next one is tracking prospects. So Let's say you've got a new lead that maybe you generated from Google Alerts or from just any other lead gen practice that you're using. So let's say that it's ABC Farms. We'll stick with produce on this. We'll make it simple. So now that you're talking with ABC Farms, it'd be a great idea to track this prospect by setting up a Google Alert on them, okay? Now, if you've got a company name that's more than one word, definitely use the quotations on this. That way, it's only gonna send you alerts or emails on any news or information that's related to that specific phrase, which is essentially the company's name, right? So you'd wanna put, quote, ABC Farms, end quote, as your alert, and then set up your frequency, so maybe weekly, or maybe if it's a hot lead, every single day. That way, if you're having conversations a few times a week, you've got the latest information that you can find on them. You're going to be a lot more knowledgeable, show that you care, and that you're very interested in their business overall. Because at, at the end of the day, as freight brokers, the job here is to be a solutions-focused person, right? Find a problem, help give solutions, and then execute the deliverables on that solution. So tracking those prospects, great way to do that. All right, number three is following industry leaders. So for example, in brokerage, maybe maybe you're a carrier, right? So if you're a broker, definitely follow the leaders in transportation, third-party logistics, freight brokerage, some of the big companies out there. If you're a carrier, same thing, but maybe more specific to the driving side of things, okay? Maybe you want to follow some large asset-based carriers, things like that. All right, so throw the Google alert in there with that company name, or maybe it's a specific person, like a role model or influencer that's out there. You'll get any kind of information related to that company or that person, however you have that set up. So again, tracking industry leaders. This is going to help you stay on top of the game and get great information delivered, customized right to your inbox. Uh, next thing is number four, reputation management. Okay, whether you own your own brokerage or you work for a brokerage, you're an agent for a brokerage, right? You're probably going to want to follow your company, or maybe even if you're an influencer yourself, follow your own name. Okay, that way you're alerted whenever something big pops up in the news or in some kind of blog or article or video about you or your company. All right, it's going to be very, very important to make sure that you can get ahead of stuff. If there's an issue that pops up, or maybe somebody's writing a bad review or a bad negative blog post about you, same thing goes with with praise, right? If you get some kind of good information, 
it's a great way to, to find out about it and then maybe give that person a call or send them an email thanking them for the shout out or the, or the good feedback. So number four, again, reputation management. Five, and this is what I brought up before, is following your competition. Okay, so following your competition. So let's say you are a freight agent that's out there and you want to know the latest and greatest stuff from some other agent-based companies. So maybe what you would want to do then is set Google alerts for some of the other top agent-based companies that are out there. Maybe they've got a new blog post that they released or a new, um, just some kind of article or press release related to their company, maybe some changes, right? This is a great way for you to follow your competition. Now, same thing goes with negative stuff. So let's say you're a broker for, um, I don't know, we'll say you work for Coyote, right? Maybe you want to set TQL as a competition Google alert, right? And I think in the recent weeks and months here, you'll probably be getting flooded with all kinds of stuff about TQL with the scandals they've been dealing with. But that helps you figure out if they're having issues or there's some bad publicity. That's a great time for you to really reinforce your prospecting because like I've talked about in the past, a customer might be very happy and satisfied and content working with a broker long term. But the second that something goes wrong or they're having a bad day or something just goes off the rails, if you're there and you're staying consistent, that's when you're gonna get your shot. So make sure you're using it to follow your competition and know when stuff is happening. If maybe they're changing or, or reorganizing or something like that, you wanna know this stuff, okay? Stay in the know. All right, number six, looking for bid opportunities. This one's great. So similar to lead generation, this could be one where you're setting some kind of alert on annual bids or quarterly bids. Something that's gonna be related to an industry that you're prospecting and you wanna know if they've got a new bid that's coming out. So a lot of times there might be an article or a press release or a blog post or something on their website or some other site that's gonna talk about an upcoming bid. Great way for you to do that is to put a Google alert in for transportation bids or um, RFPs, RFQs, all that stuff. That way, and you know, again, keep it specific. You might want to throw a secondary search phrase in there for specific to your industry that you're looking at or something like that. Otherwise, you'll probably get flooded, like I said, if it's too broad, right? So those bid opportunities are going to be great. You might not know about them, and maybe this is the way that you start to find out that there's a lot more out there when it comes to bids and things like that that you didn't even know about. So number six, look for bid opportunities, right? Great way to do it. Number seven, and this is kind of fun, is creating a news feed for yourself, okay? So whether it's going to be a, um, a Google alert set to include something about rates or new companies or government regulations that are re related to our industry, it's a great way for you to get a daily digest or news feed emailed to you. Maybe you just want to do it like Monday morning or Friday afternoon or maybe every morning you want it, okay? So you'll get a nice news feed that's going to be tailored and detailed specific to what you want to know, right? That's the great thing about Google Alerts is that you can set it specifically yourself. And then it will also give you suggestions as you start building them in there. It'll tell you, hey, you might want to set an alert for this company or this industry or something like this, right? Unlike Facebook, where you just get flooded with anyone you're connected with or any of the groups that you're in, right? This newsfeed is going to be specifically tailored to your freight brokerage business in the industry overall. So again, top to bottom, seven ways to use Google Alerts to help grow your brokerage business. Number one, lead generation. Two, tracking prospects. Three, following industry leaders. Four, reputation management. Five, following your competition. Six, looking for bid opportunities. And seven, creating a newsfeed for yourself. 
So Google Alerts, big takeaway, definitely do them. Play around with them. Again, the link is in the show notes. Maybe just start off with doing one or two and see how you like it. You can kind of play around with the frequency or how specific it is or the sources that you're using. Either way, they're really, really good. And and an example that I've talked about in the past was a gentleman that utilized the alerts from Google in order to find out when a competitor of his had an issue. And that's when he ended up jumping on the prospect and getting their business. So success stories, there's, there's a laundry list full of them that have been done with similar ways to Google alerts. All right, let's get into trending and social media. So first one I want to hit on is from POTUS, the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump with his tweet earlier this week. And he stated, I'll read it again. I'm with the truckers all the way. Thanks for the meeting at the White House with my representatives from the administration. It's all going to work out well. So I'll, I'll make this as uh, non-political as possible. All right. Um, I do think that Trump is, a lot of this is probably for a morale booster. Um, he may or may not know the ins and outs specifically of brokerage and third-party transportation, but he's probably, I would say he's definitely aware of the complaints and all the the pushback he's been getting from carriers, especially the the administration, his administration with the people protesting in D.C. and other areas around the country, that people are pissed off, they're upset, and they want some change, okay? Another thing that hasn't really been discussed with this tweet or maybe people talked about is how unemployment and the coronavirus stimulus package, the the multiple waves of it, how it has neglected certain industries or types of workers based on how they're um, set up. If they're an independent contractor or a a business owner, you might, you might not qualify for unemployment because you're not an employee, but you might not qualify for some of the other stuff because you're just an independent contractor that doesn't actually own a business. You just operate independently under your own name. There's all kinds of loopholes. and I think they're just trying to figure it out. So the big thing here, I don't think he's stating that he's with truckers all the way as in, yes, brokers make too much money. We're going to regulate their rates. No, that's not a Donald Trump type of thing. He's a capitalist. And uh, when it comes to free market, obviously look at the the billions of dollars in the industry that he's created over the, the, the decades, whether or not you agree with him or his views or his opinions and how he presents himself. He's definitely business focused as, a, as an individual. And I don't think that he would ever put a regulation in place that strong, like someone had talked about, like cap, you know, cap the margins at 10% for brokers or something like that. I think this is more of a, hey, we're going to address the issue here. We're going to make sure people are still getting money in their bank accounts so they can put food on the table. And, you know, let's get, keep morale up. Let's keep the trucks rolling because he's got to keep truckers happy. If truckers aren't happy and they start to protest on a, on a bigger scale and it has a big impact on our supply chain, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. So that's my takeaway on, on Trump's tweet that he had there earlier this week. I think that it's more of a broad statement than anything. Okay. Next is, this was on social media on Facebook from Salvador. Salvador brought up a, he gave a a pretty good story on um, a broker not paying him because part of a shipment was not loaded. So he said something along the lines of, uh, I think it was TQL. Said, you know what? And that's where a, a Google alert would give you this information. So the basically the driver said um, had a pickup for TQL, pickup delivery, and then they gave me another load to get me back home. And now they're not paying me for either of the two loads because the first load they claimed that part of the shipment wasn't actually loaded on the trailer, and they I had to go back and pick it up. But I told them no, the trailer was already sealed. So the whole question was he, he wants to know what can I do 
And, you know, what's the big takeaway on this? How do we look at it? So a lot more information would be needed here. And I would say a good way to start off is to try to work it out with the broker. Um, If you can't find a resolution with them, you might have to file on the bond. And the bond company is going to do all this stuff and get all the information that I'm going to mention here that I think we're missing, such as the specifics on, you know, was the trailer sealed? Did the, the, did the broker talk to the customer themselves to verify it was loaded? Were there any pictures taken? What did the BOL say specifically? Um, you know, because one of the big things is once that trailer is sealed, the, the driver can't break that seal to go, um, you know, try to add more stuff on or anything like that. So if, if the broker had confirmed that it was all loaded and, um, you know, that driver went rolling down the road. It's really not on the driver's problem. It's not their problem at all. But if there was some kind of agreement where the carrier was supposed to do like a, a driver assist load or something like that, and they forgot to load something and had it sealed or whatever the case there, could, you know, there could be full on both sides here. I really don't know, but it all comes back to one thing and that's communication, right? If you're a broker, if you're a carrier, you gotta be talking about these things. If there's a, I think he had said like, you know, the BOL said it was supposed to be 40,000 pounds. He loaded 25,000. That's kind of a red flag right there. I would have probably called the broker and said, something's off here. Um, also, if you're the broker, you should probably ask like, Hey, did you load to the 40,000 or whatever it might be? Right. Um, it's just going to be issues. The same thing goes with any kind of uh, bag rate or hundred weight rates in the produce world, whether it's potatoes, onions, you name it. If they're going by like a 50 pound bag or a um, hundred pound crate or something like that. When this stuff happens where a carrier thinks they're getting a certain rate and the broker doesn't disclose that, that you know, that is based on you loading to the max weight and scaling out at 42,500 pounds or whatever the case might be. You know, you've got to have this stuff clearly stated on your rate sheet. So maybe it's, you know, $7 per bag is the rate you're going to get paid. And to, you know, a note in there that in order to receive full rate, you need to load to 42,000 pounds or whatever it might be. So that being said, we need a little bit more information on this one, Salvador, but I do think that it could go either way. Um, My guess, my gut tells me if it's someone from TQL, for one of the 95 percenters that I that I mentioned from the article earlier, um, broker's probably screwing you over here. You might want to file on the bond if you can't work it out with them first. So always try to avoid going to the bond, in my opinion. It's long, it's drawn out, and it's just, it's a headache. It's a he said, she said, or he said, he said, or she said, she said, depending on you know who it involves. All right. Ooh, that one got me going there. Okay, last one, Marius. Should brokers be able to do annual contracted rates or just stick with the spot market? I think they should be able to do both. I'm actually curious why Marius, why he, where his thought process comes here. Um, I think annual contract rates, that causes the broker to, tra- to stay true. They can't ride the waves of the spot market. Um, you know, the spot market's great because when, you know, rates go up, rates go down, that's what you're going to work with. Whereas if you're contracted, you could have some big swings. And like right now, it could be it could be really having an impact overall. Same thing goes with when capacity gets really, really tight and you got to pay a lot more to get a truck. You could be taking a big loss on a lot of this stuff. So I think contractor rates are it's fair game for anybody. And again, I don't, like I said before, Marius, I'm not a big fan of regulation of telling people um, they're restricted from doing something. So I personally believe that you know, if you want to bid on something and agree to that rate for the whole quarter or for the whole year um, or a month or whatever it might be, that's great. 
do it. You should be able to do that. If you want to just stick with the spot market, you should be able to do that. If you want to do some kind of weird hybrid, which I don't even know what that might look like specifically, but um, I think you should be able to do it. I think there should be no restriction or regulation on it. I think you should be um, open to do really whatever you want to do. And you know, what's fair is fair. So that's what I've got for trending in social media today. On a final note, when it comes to sports, I'm recording this on Thursday, May 7th right now. It's going to drop tonight at midnight. Also dropping tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern, if it's still happening, is the NFL schedule for the year. And I'm excited about this. I was really planning on going out to Las Vegas to see my Buffalo Bills take on the Raiders at their new stadium out there. It looks pretty sweet. Um, That being said, with the current times, I don't know how sports are going to look. I'll be interested to see how the NFL is going to operate, if they have a reduced capacity, if they have all the players in one location. They've got a bunch of contingency plans. I'm really curious to see what they're going to put out because they're supposed to release a schedule along with a lot of information on their plan how to operate this season, okay? Um, In other sports, I haven't really seen anything go on, right? MLB, still not playing baseball. It's it's sad that it's May and I'm not watching my Red Sox play right now. So um, people are, I've had people give me crap for being a, a diehard Bills fan and hating on the Patriots, but hey, Patriots fans, I do like the Red Sox. For all you Yankees fans out there or whoever you want to call the Red Sox cheaters, have at it. You know, it's better than, it's better than no sports talk whatsoever. So um, be looking out for that NFL schedule to come out. I'm, I'm curious to see who my Buffalo Bills are going to play this upcoming season as they take over the AFC East as the top dogs over the New England Patriots. So um, that's all I've got. If you've got suggestions for what you want to hear on our future episode, make sure to leave a comment, leave a review, send me a message, send me an email. I would love to take on some additional cool topics that are specially requested from folks. I know I've got a, I still got a list to get through. I've had folks ask about DOD and some other cool tips on how to stay organized and things like that with brokerage and other cool tech tools to use. So I'm going to start having to hit through those as we get through the spring and into the summer here. But um, stay tuned for the next episode. And until next time, go Bills. That wraps up this episode of the Midnight Freight Broker Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to the articles that I discussed today. Make sure to add me on LinkedIn and send me a message with what you want to hear on future episodes. Make sure to subscribe, like, and follow me and leave a review. See you on the next episode. Go Bills. Come on, come on. Come on and shout. Yeah. Buffalo's happening now. We're on the moon now. The Bills are happening now. They're making it happen now. We got the spirit. A lot of spirit, yeah. We got the spirit. Just watch it happen now. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Chickity, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Nate Cross in the house here, just testing out the old microphone.